You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Thank you so much for being here. This is the Evolving Truths Podcast. My name is Alexis Ray. I am one of your hosts. And with me, as always, is my mama, Shannon Day. Hi, mom. Hi, Alexis. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm looking forward to a night to myself. I'm going to throw some Epsom salts and maybe a few drops of oils in the bathtub and take a bath. And then I'm going to start season two of Harlem. Pretty excited for that. Let's have this conversation because I got plans. That sounds like a great night. My night is I'm going to figure out what I eat for dinner after this and then change into my pajamas and crawl into bed. Like it. If you happen to be listening to this in the morning, you can start to think about what you might do later tonight and have planned or use this as time to go, man, I haven't just taken some time like that for myself. And where can I fit that in? (laughs) Right. Do it after your super productive day today. Yeah, if needed. Yep. Speaking of being productive. I was going to say that just kind of teed it up a little bit. You don't have to be productive in order to give yourself time off because today we are going to be talking about this overdrive need that we feel for efficiency and productivity. Like that wasn't really originally a word tied to our topic for today, but I kind of feel like they go hand in hand. What do you think, mom? Yeah. I was like, wow, that was kind of a fluke, but okay, here we go. (laughs) Love when that happens. Agreed. This topic came from one of our listeners, and actually what they sent to us is our push for efficiency. For example, when we stand in line at the grocery store and we're trying to pick the best line or to see how can we get through this faster. I think of the fact that there was a time that we didn't have microwaves and it took longer to heat stuff up. But now we get impatient with their microwave. Like, why is this 30 seconds taking so long? Uh. My life up until health concerns was driven by efficiency and productivity my kidney infections in 2020 is when I started to take a step back and then I would fall back into that habit. And now I'm at the point where my health just shuts it all down. Like I can't function in that anymore. When we talk about what it looks like today to be pushing for efficiency or feeling that we need to be so productive, how come? Where does that come from? That's a great question. And actually, as you were saying that, I thought you were going in a different direction. What I thought you were going to say was picking where we need to be more efficient and Mm -hmm. letting go of other areas that aren't as important or don't have such a crazy need for efficiency as opposed to feeling like everything in our life needs to be in hyperdrive. I like that direction too. I'm grateful because normally I'm the one asking you like, well, why are we this way? And that question hadn't even come to my mind for this topic yet. Why are we so desperate to be more efficient and more productive? 
my first response to that question is I know that I am outcome and task driven. So efficiency and productivity give me worth in life. (laughs) I've worked on it now, but historically it has given me worth and achievement is tied to that productivity, that efficiency, being able to get the most done in a week to be a high functioning individual under high stress and fast pace. So for me, I can answer that question of my why came from worth. That's something that we should think about is our worth dependent on what we do. Almost like we have to earn someone's affection or praise. It's not just that you're worthy because you are you. I take it so much to career and work. We have to prove our worth of employment. We have to prove our value to this company. I don't think that that's necessarily a wrong Because technically we are an expense, we are human capital in making this machine work. I've had to recognize that everyone plays a different role in steering this steamship of a company, business, or nonprofit organization. And there are going to be people that push the coal into the fire that creates the steam and makes the engine go. Then there's people that are washing the deck and their job isn't any less important. They're just playing a different role. Maybe their pace gets to be a little slower or they get to have different types of breaks. Their responsibilities are just different and we need all of those types of people. I guess to bring it back to this full circle, when I put it into work, which is where my mind goes with this topic I just know that I'm a person shoveling the coal into the engine. In my line of work, consulting with nonprofits or businesses and looking for the most efficient way to do things, having systems and processes in place that are duplicatable and sustainable and to increase the efficiency, yes, for the bottom line, but also if it's fitting with the organization the way that it should, it should also lead to employee satisfaction. A key piece here is in a role that push for efficiency and productivity in terms of showing our worth to a company or earning our paycheck, it makes sense. I think a lot of us have been taught that as a human, we have to do things or in relationships, we have to do things in order to prove our worth as a human. Totally. I don't like that and want to avoid for myself, as well as ever having any of those that share space with me for any amount of time to not have or think they need to bring into this space as a human. Yes, girl. I don't have anything to follow after that. We're just going to have to take a quick little commercial break here. Have you heard about? No, just kidding. I don't want to get too off topic from what I think this listener was saying, efficiency leading to a different type of impatience in life, Mm -hmm. this need for instant gratification, whereas 20 years ago, it didn't feel like that was such a problem or such Mm -hmm. a thing that was in our face constantly. Things have just gotten so easy that we expect it to be done right now. 
used to be that you heat something up on the stovetop or in the oven. You're like, okay, this is going to be 15 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever the case might be. But I feel like you were doing something, especially if heating on the stovetop, you're probably stirring it like you were involved in the activity. Now with the microwave, and like you said, 30 seconds, and we stand there tapping our foot with our arms crossed, like, why is this coffee not ready? We don't do anything with it. We've hit some buttons. When we stand there and we scroll on our phone for 30 seconds in the time, instead of just being able to sit in the stillness of this cup of coffee warming up in the microwave. Talking about waiting in line at a grocery store made me think about how many conversations I used to have in the grocery line at the store. Not everyone has their head down and on their phone. So you're both standing there, maybe commiserating about the length of this line, the weather or noticing something in one another's cart. And you struck up a conversation while I may not have developed great friendships. It was an interaction that added something to my life. And now I instead look at a video on the IG. I don't know. Is that the type of connection that I want? And are we missing out on that? Because in this line that we're in for five minutes, we can't stand there and be. That makes me think of another example of airplanes. And I'm totally a culprit of this. I download something on my iPad and I'll sit down on the plane and just watch it or I'll listen to a podcast or a book or music and I have my AirPods in and it didn't always used to be like that. You used to just have to sit there and talk to whoever you're sitting next to and ask them about the book that they're reading or where they're traveling to and why they're traveling there. And I can see that as such an incredible networking opportunity or an opportunity to connect with another human being and personally with where I'm at with travel and just how I feel in life right now I really don't have the energy to talk to anyone while traveling so I can also give myself permission for that but I have thought about it what am I missing out on by not having a conversation with this person and to your point We feel more isolated as a society now, even though we're the most quote unquote connected that we've ever been in life. And so for you to question, is that really the type of connection that I want to have? There are times that we end up in a conversation with someone where we're like, why did I even need to have the conversation? I mean, we've all probably sat next to that where we're like, oh, could they stop fully owning those situations happen too. I mean, I'm acknowledging both sides. But again, I feel like it's become such a habit of just don't mess with me. I've got my buds in, I've got my head down. I'm like, you know, there's a difference too, between having something in or looking at my phone, but someone sits next to you on the plane or at a bar in a restaurant to where you still make eye contact or acknowledge them. Like it concerns me sometimes. And I feel like it even more so with younger generations. I wasn't one who grew up with this you did more so and generations that have followed since you are even more so. What are we missing? I read something not too long ago that said the millennial generation is the last generation that was pre-social media, pre-iPhone. We were the last generation that had life before that and everyone else is not before that. (laughs) So how different it is, like you said, you know, walking through a restaurant and you see kids with tablets and 
it's just in their face from the beginning. And I'm not a parent, so I can't judge. I have no idea what it takes to have a child. I have a friend that I worked with in domestic violence and sex assault who's a millennial. And she would say, I feel connected. This is how I connect. So it made me think in 10, 15, 20 years, people our age having this conversation about connection and what it looks like now, how much more it might even change for them. And maybe we go back. I mean, bell bottoms are back. Mullets are back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe phones start to get thrown away. Highly doubt it. When I say that about connections or that's where conversations happened, it doesn't mean that the way things were being done then or what my experience was is better. When I'm asking that question, I'm probably coming from a place of going, you guys are missing out. People are missing out now. Are we, or is it just different? Oh, super good. Yeah. Got there all by myself. Go on. I'm so proud of you. All of that makes me think of two things going back to standing in the grocery line. On top of technology that I think changed having those conversations and connecting in public was the vid. The pandemic totally totally changed feeling like you can strike up a conversation with someone who's a stranger. That to me was one of the biggest changes. Like technology, yes, but that just screwed it all up. I didn't think about that, Lex. That is really true. That altered life in so many ways. That's a whole different topic. What was your other point? So you mentioned your friend that said, oh, I do feel connected through these ways. And just because you don't feel as connected, you know, it's different for them. I can definitely say personally, after going through this health thing these last five months, I've spent more time on Zoom than I probably ever have before. And I would agree with her, like in Zoom calls and meetings with my friends or connections across the country that I've met through speaking or roofing. I love Zoom. I love it. I love connecting with people on Zoom. I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to change my clothes. I get to see their face. I get to hear their expression. I love that. I feel connected to people getting to have FaceTime and Zoom calls with people. That I'd agree with. When I'm referring to that, I'm thinking about Instagram or Facebook or Twitter where we are observing other people's lives, right? A Zoom is, yes, we are still connecting. But yeah, just think about this conversation in the future and what will be their base Oh, it'll be their phone in their hand, like their platform or, you know, their social media is some link behind their ear that shows up on these glasses that they're wearing. Like it'll be some total crazy cool sci-fi stuff. But are they going to remember and come back to this time of remember when we carried around that like our phone, that little square thing? And remember how much more connected we felt then? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I just think this conversation can be happening in the future And what they're using as their baseline as a self-check coming to the space of when I say, you guys are missing out because you're always on a phone. I am still going to stand by it. But why do I get to say my experience was better? I I don't know. And I feel like without saying it out loud, except I kind of, I, I did just say it out loud, asking the question, that's the place I'm coming from. And yeah, what a spot to kind of check myself and go, was it? Is it? I don't know. Or was it just different? And that's okay. 
Yeah, I love that. I still feel like we're a little bit off topic from efficiency. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, because I was just going to say, but getting back to efficiency, do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Because I totally made a note about it a while ago. Go for it. You talked about where to be efficient. Yeah. When does that make sense? I have a group of friends that we travel together and sometimes they're long weekends and we know going in, some of us are like, we're going to have to be working. There's also times where everyone's like, nope, this is a total vacation trip, not working, but we check our work email and we maybe even get called out on it or we call our friend out on it and we're like, what are you doing? And they go, when I go back to work, it'll make it so much easier if I've already checked these and done these Is that really the place to be efficient? Is that the break? No, I don't think that's a place to be efficient. If we were going to go down this rabbit hole, that tends to be the anxiety of what we're going back to is going to be such an overwhelming amount that we can't actually relax. And so part of it is just us as employees saying, I know it's going to be rough when I go back, but I'm going to sit here in this moment and enjoy it. And like, it doesn't matter be a company building space for people to take a vacation, but having a culture that builds the space for them getting ready to go on that vacation, having things done so they can leave and not have to check their email or feel like this is going to be so much work when I get back if I don't. So also building space on the other end. Sure, this five days off maybe now turned into six or seven because it's a Thursday, Friday before that Monday to Friday and then it's the next Monday, but build that space that I can get ready to go on this vacation and then really enjoy my time away. And then I'm also gonna have space for returning to work. I don't know, novel idea. I still don't know that that's the efficiency that our listener was talking about, (laughs) but I'm glad that we have been able to come up with so many different spins off of this one submission. So thank you to the person who sent this in to us. I hope that you feel like you've gotten something out of this conversation, even if it wasn't exactly what you thought it would be. It also hasn't been at all what I thought it was going to be, but it's been a great conversation. I don't know how you feel about it, mom. (laughs) Well, I do feel like we kind of went all over the board. You started with a role in work. I was thinking about it more from a personal place. I feel like we've kind of overlapped and and wrapped all these things together. And yes, if we've completely missed the boat, by all means, send us another message. We'll try again. Or say, hey, contact me and I'd love to hang out with you guys and have this conversation. And we'll totally go in the direction that you were looking for. But as Lexa said, it's given me a few moments of ponder, a few pauses, and hopefully it's done that for you too. Well, and learning to be okay with efficiency slowing down. That's something that we have to do for ourselves. When I was recovering from burnout, the one quote that really made the biggest change in my perspective was, you are in control of your own burnout. And so I had to phrase that to myself and I wrote it on a sticky note and I had it on my desk at work. I am in control of my own burnout. So when I think about my efficiency and my productivity now and where I'm at in life, I am in control of my own efficiency. I am in control of my own productivity and I am in control of setting the boundaries around those things. 
my efficiencies and productivities now because of my health are totally different. I'm a completely different person now than I was five years ago, a year ago, six months ago. And I've had to learn to be okay with being less efficient. And just like how this episode started, less efficient doesn't mean that I'm any less worthy as a human. Are you really less efficient or does efficiency look different with where you're at in life? I feel like when we say less efficient or my understanding, and Alexis, correct me if I'm wrong, is you saying like, I'm not at the level that I used to be. I'm not able to accomplish as many things. I'm not. So it's, it's less, I don't know, less to me. Sometimes it just kind of carries this less than, and, and I'd push back and go, it just, it looks different but you're still being efficient. I'm glad that you say that because actually at the start of this conversation, that was something that I wanted to be able to touch on. Shifting of priorities can create your efficiencies. For the past five months, the majority of my priority and attention has been on treatments and health and getting those things under control so that I could just have a functioning baseline in life. And I have put all of the effort that I was capable of into that. So yes, that has been productive. It has yielded results. To your point, I guess it doesn't mean that I'm less worthy. It's just the outcome or not less worthy. What I was going to say is less productive, but it just means that outcome looks very different from what I used to consider my high efficiency, high productivity lifestyle really turning out outcomes. Great reframe. Thanks, mom. You're welcome. Going back to your point of slowing down, recognizing the importance of slowing down, taking the time to give it some thought, slowing down to go fast actually can improve efficiency. One saying that has come to me in this time of recovery has been slow is smooth, smooth is steady, steady is fast. That's the recovery slogan that I've attached to myself because it has been a slow recovery, but you can put that in any context. And really rest so many times is what we need in order to have better efficiency, in order to have better productivity. Because if you're already operating on an empty tank, you don't even have anything left to give. Right. On that note. Give yourself permission to chill this week. I was just going to say, we hope that a smooth week is ahead. May your week be smooth whatever that looks like for you. And as all over the place about efficiency as this conversation has been, <laughs> we certainly hope there was at least one point or half a point, something that, that you enjoyed in it and have this conversation with others in your life, bring them into this conversation and let us know what your thoughts are about it. What might we totally be missing or what's something that you really recognized and noticed and would love to share that with the Evolving Truths community. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, please leave a five-star rating. Please leave a review of the show with your thoughts. Follow the show wherever you are listening and we will be back next week. In the meantime, please remember that life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis and the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes.
The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.